you always uh, have a win-win situation. It's never that you failed, right? Even if you don't get the position, you get the experience. Knowing how to use your words wisely, you can all, always help and pass a different message. So I want to challenge you here, if you allow me to, Tasso. In in the last week, is there a situation you recall where you identified, oh damn, I have a fixed mindset here? Welcome to the new Tech Lead Podcast. We help you to be more confident leaders by avoiding the traps of inexperience and gain perspectives from leaders in tech, unlike theoretical videos. I appreciate you here today. Let us bring more leadership skills to the business. Let's roll the interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new Tech Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, and today my guest is engineering lead and team manager at Pfizer, Anastasios Vanis. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Tassel, since when are you people manager? That's a long story. It goes back to 2019 in December. Essentially, after Christmas, I got a promotion to become a team lead in my first job, actually. So it's been, it's been a long way back, <laughs> for my experience at least. Uh, so definitely more than two years. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's not two years uh, constant being a lead. So I did a step back in my career and became a developer for a while. So it's a bit of back and forth. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So you started as, as an engineer, moved into a people management role, moved back into an engineer individual contributor role, and now you're back team lead and people manager. Yeah, you, you, can, you can name that. So essentially, my first company was uh, consulting for a big firm on mm -hmm. uh, cloud. Uh, I started as a consultant. I got promoted as a senior consultant, let's say. And then I became a team lead. Okay. What motivated you to become a team lead? So you live and breathe with this team, you know, and you have so many hours with them. Uh, and you become part of it and you go out and you meet each other all day long. You see aspects of this team that you can make it better you can make it more efficient and my main motivation was my love for the team i understood that i can make things much better or i can help my managers to achieve more so i wanted to provide that value to my team wow so looking at the process Let me, let me, or walk me through your process. You became consultant, then senior consultant, and then you made that leap into people management. And is that people management everything in consulting, or is it lead as a functional manager on projects? Walk me through what team lead and management meant in that company. Essentially, we lead our teams in four groups, right? And that was based on the product that we were used to, to support. So we had, let's say, the group A of products A, okay? Okay, which was so, so one out of four groups. One out of four groups, mm -hmm. which uh, had like, I don't know, 40 or 50 around there. The team I, I had, it was of uh, 36 people. Wow, that's yeah. a lot of people. And we're four leads. So essentially we were 40 people with one manager on top of us. It's a fast-growing, fast-growing and changing environment because it's consultant and everyone loves the idea of getting the experience and the exposure to listening. 
and move on if needed or not. So I just got promoted to a senior consultant mm -hmm. because very interested in learning and helping people. But uh, then I opportunity of doing more, become a, a servant of my colleagues, uh, a lead and help them achieve more and provide more value to the business. Oh, wow. So you had one manager above you. Yeah. And then three managers besides you. So everyone managed nine individuals? Let's say yes. Yes. More or less? More or less. And then you were not only responsible for them being staffed on projects, but also leading the promotion discussions, leading yeah, quality we're, discussions. We were part of that. That's true. But yeah, you know, it's not very lined up. Like you, you split it and you say, yes, you have nine people. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can have nine people or you can change it, it, my my way of thinking there it was like uh, not to be so uh, strict mm -hmm. so it would be more agile uh, have a, a connection with everybody and see what works and what not of course if uh, somebody adores more another lead or goes better with another lead that's perfect they can you know work more together and find more thoughts that cultivate and becoming better the, the person. But yeah, in general, it's six people. And if you split it, we have like nine of them. Okay. So it was a very liquid or flexible team beneath you for leaders. So how does that work? How do you define then the reporting line? So who is then definitely responsible for that person. So essentially every person beneath, uh, below us, it was reporting to us, right? So they were reporting to the, the four of us. So we we're four leads and everybody okay. was reporting to us. Yep. It, it, there, there was no like split of uh, the guy who will report mm -hmm. to whom. It was all together to the team of the team leads. And then it was part of the, our team, the team of team leads to work together adapt on the situation and our differences, find a common ground and make it more efficient. So you're in the basis, you had 36 people in your team and you split that team with three other managers. Three other leaders, yeah. Uh, three other leaders, mm -hmm. yeah, correct. Oh, wow. I never heard of this concept. Most of the times I, in, in corporate, I hear a direct reporting line. I have six people I have to take care of. I, I lead or build a fellowship with, build a same goal. And it's really interesting to hear about <laughs> 36 people, four people managers, and this flexible, low hierarchy style of leading. Yeah, in, in my perception, it's better to have small teams that are concentrated on, on their work. But in our scenario and in our business case there, it wasn't that easy. Because you, mm -hmm. you don't have the opportunity to have small teams. You can separate the team in smaller batches, uh, depending on the products they would like to, to concentrate on, right? Yep. But um, yeah, it wasn't that easy because the, the business case, it was different. In an agile world, small teams is the best way to go forward and to have a better communication, right? Interesting. Yeah. So... You became consultant, then senior consultant within this team of 36 before? Yeah, I was uh, part of the team. Okay, and then First you and stepped then, uh, up. Correct. So what what was the point? When did you get recognized of Tasso? You do a really great job. Do you want to join, join us three up here and 
do the management, do the leading, design the vision? So, yeah, you know, when you get the first promotion, you became a senior consultant, which is named subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. You feel a little bit that, yeah, uh, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm getting better. I'm learning more. I can help people. So, yeah, you, you feel that, you know, you feel proud for yourself. You, yeah, le let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. But then... Uh, in order to become a lead, you have to have a, a more wide uh, skill set. You have to, well, of course, love the team and, you know, uh, be willing to, to help them. Uh, but I think it's more about the mindset mm -hmm. that uh, my managers saw in me mm -hmm. and uh, the questions they made to me and the answers I gave. So it was a very interesting, yeah, a very interesting conversation with my managers. So I think, yeah, I think that played a crucial role. So first step, you did your job in an exceptional way to become a senior consultant and a subject matter expert, and then they identified potential to to promote you and step you up to the next level. What kind of questions do they ask besides the big <laughs> why which you said hey you really loved your team and wanted to step up so yeah the the process of uh, becoming a leader it's open for everybody in the team so mm -hmm. you can imagine that 36 people or whatever they can apply even from other teams they can apply to become a leader mm -hmm. so it was a very wide uh, process but we were like 10 people i think in the process anyway uh, there was a, a crisis uh, management scenario first mm -hmm. that you have to create, and then you go there, you discuss this. And you, yeah, of course, uh, after the why, it was a situation with a bonus, I remember. And they asked me, what if for performance reasons we cut the bonus of the team? What you will do and how you will present it to the team? And it was a very interesting question because when you are a leader of a team, you have to be, you know, their servant, their friend, their... You, you, you have to be there for them mm -hmm. to empathize with the situation. But also you have to be close to the business to understand the situation and why this is happening. So essentially they were looking for an answer of, uh, yes, I can do that, but why? And why I should do that? Mm -hmm. The why is always there. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm going to present that to my colleagues, I have to give them uh, the reason to be very straightforward and mm -hmm. to also not let them down, right? So yeah, this is a, a phase that we have to pass, unfortunately, but we can make it better. We can become better and we can avoid this conversation in the future. So we'll go back to normal. Okay, so the challenge was which which you got presented by. You have a team. There's a structure where you get base salary and a bonus at the end of the year based on performance or performance of the team. And then they informed you that this bonus will not happen in that scenario. For performance reasons, uh, so the 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 scenario is that the bonus is month in on month base. Okay. So. Uh, Let's say that for two or three months, the performance is very low. Mm -hmm. And the manager say, okay, in order to fix that, we have to cut the bonds. 
Okay. To let them understand that the situation is serious. The business is hard. Something like that. Okay. And then ask yourself, hey, why do we have to do that? And you're in the middle between caring for a team and making business work. Because at the end of the day, the company has to run, right? Yeah, that, that's a scenario. But always remember that the leader has to, to empathize with the, the guy who has in the team, the team members. Now, with your answer presented, I'm, I'm sure they really enjoyed it because otherwise, or there, were, there was a lot of good stuff there because otherwise you wouldn't be a manager and, and didn't dominate the other individuals who applied. Now, looking back at that task, I don't want to go into the details what you answered. Preferably, I want to know what were the aspects you now can recall which you would answer differently from that experience you have right now? Yeah, in order to, to say the whole story, first of all, the first time I applied for a leader, I failed. Mm -hmm. uh, they got another guy and I got succeeded in the second time. Uh, but in every process, applying for a promotion, you always uh, have a win-win situation. It's never mm -hmm. that you failed, right? Even if you don't get the position, you get the experience. And that was... Oh, absolutely. That was the basic mindset I had on my mind. So I said, yeah, I love the team. I want to be there. I, I'm pretty sure that we'll achieve it. Mm -hmm. Let's try. So the first time I got all the learnings. And the second time I was more prepared, to be honest. But change and in my answer back then, it would be the, the empathy to my colleagues. I was uh, a bit more oriented on the business mm -hmm. because that was my mindset back then. But yeah, having the experience I have now, I believe that empathizing with uh, your colleagues, asking the big questions and understanding why this has to happen is uh, the things that you, you have to pay attention wow. and understand. So it, it's really admirable this, that you're openly talking about it, that this was a was an adventure and was actually along the way on the first one, it didn't work out. And these were the things you anticipated and look forward to change. Now empathy was, was your number one topic to tackle. And actually it worked out already on the second try. And I want to champion you for that because sometimes <laughs> it needs way more tries, way more experience on in these practical sessions and scenarios to get where you are today. That's true, but that depends on sort of the company, right? It's not always the same on uh, big corporate environments. And being co corporate environments is different to, to become better. So now looking at your interview number one, your interview number two, and now being a leader, what changed along the way? Yeah, back then when I first applied, I just had the desire to, you know, to be a servant for my team and to continue in the project I, I love, right? So I had a passion for the, the project I used to work because I had very good relationship with all of my colleagues. We, we used to go for beers in Fridays. We used to, you know, hang out together. It was like a, a very nice family thing, let's say, which is not very common. But along the way till now, I think that with a lot of reading and searching, you know, you you can like make your 
mindset a, a little bit bigger and more wider okay and the way you did that was with reading and researching so if i would now be at the start of my adventure i identified my why what is the next step is it already to jump on an interview and learn what i can improve or is there other steps you started with that depends on on the job you have on the project you are you belong mm -hmm. definitely if you start thinking right what i can do better how i can like make my way of thinking better you need more exposure to situations where people had and learned stuff and they shared it so the best way for me is like reading books for sure or listening to mm -hmm. post podcasts like this one with uh, mm -hmm. great leaders so you you have to you you have to to learn from the experience of others mm -hmm. and there are a lot of experiences out there so <laughs> there is a long way learning from the experiences of others how did you tackle that was there someone you, you reached out to to be honest i just read a lot of books mm -hmm. tried to to get more uh, you know more pictures and experience from the writers and there are great writers out there so great books so new new perspectives and and books was the the magic source for you it certainly made my mind a bit wider mm -hmm. i certainly uh, felt better and adapted on some circumstances that uh, i wouldn't adapt with my previous mindset and uh, can you elaborate on the circumstances yeah so changing environment changing companies it's not always very easy you have to to adapt on circumstances on how a different business works right uh, digital from pharma it's super different yeah you have to adapt and learn from that what what kind of big challenges did you did you experience moving from a to b the agility on a super corporate environment rather than a startup mm -hmm. because i used to be in startup right in startup, everything works really fast and in instantaneously, right? But in a big corporate environment, there is a process that you have to establish and go forward. So it's very different. But this is more on the technical side. So what was there as a circumstance change on the technical side? I believe that uh, I start thinking, you know, a bit more wider on some cases, like... Mm -hmm. um, when you don't know something, how you will uh, learn about it and uh, how you won't complain. Always have a growth mindset and never a fixed one. So if any, even if you don't know something, well, there is always a good, uh, you know, opportunity to learn. So I heard growth mindset in the last years rising more and more into into the public mind. Can you explain what growth mindset and this difference between growth mindset and fixed mindset means to you? Yeah, the growth mindset means that every every challenge, let's say, you see it as a challenge, as an opportunity to learn, and you don't see problems and roadblocks. But the fixed mindset, a bit, mm -hmm. it's a bit more, you know, if environment changes, you you are not so good to adapt to the circumstances. So what I'm hearing, growth mindset means you see a problem and try to change it, tackle it, learn from it, adjust it, and see the positive things around it? You can say that. I certainly believe that there are no problems, 
more like issues. Okay. Problem is a very strong word for me. Uh, and that's also okay. So we exchange problems with issues or challenges. Yeah, that, that's also the power of uh, words. So knowing how to use your words wisely, you can all, always help and pass a different message from what you're saying. Oh, I understand. Yeah, it, it resonates much more or, or is way different when I say problem. And then I replace it with there's a situation. Um, it's not that easy, but let's challenge it and get the most things out of it. And correct. in the worst case, we learn a lot from it. And in the other situation with a fixed mindset, hey, Tasso, we have a really big problem and I see nothing is working at all. And then with a fixed mindset, I will find all the reasons why it doesn't work. Correct. And it won't, it won't work anytime soon. <laughs> and, and because of that, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it will not work. Forever. It will stay like it is, you know. Uh, if it, everyone has both mindsets, right? We have to, to understand that. Mm -hmm. But it also depends on how I would like to see things and, you know, change from one to the other and how we uh, adapt on the current situations that we're living. And both are like muscles and whatever you use most, you're more used to use. So essentially, what I understand is that you can have both, and that's because of your past experience that you cannot, you know, change so much. And it also depends on the, the way somebody raised you, right? But school and... But yeah, you can work on that and have it always on your mind and try for the best. So I want to challenge you here, if you allow me to, Tasso. In, in the last week... Is there a situation you recall where you identified, oh, damn, I have a fixed mindset here? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Would, would you be open to share it with us? Okay, so it was a situation like I was expecting some uh, requirements, right, uh, for a product. Mm -hmm. And what I got was like 10% of the requirements I, I had to have, right? And mm -hmm. as I just said, this doesn't provide any value. It's the definition of a, mm -hmm. a fixed mindset because everything you do, it will mm -hmm. provide a value, even a small piece, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the wrong way. Let's agree on that. But let's provide the value we can and let's move forward. So I understood it <laughs> and then I changed mm -hmm. my mindset and tried to fix it and proceed. Okay. So that was the initial thought you had on this is not enough. It's not providing enough value or any value because it's just 10% of what I expected. Yeah, definitely. But you didn't put it in a mail and send it out straight away. This was actually your thought process, right? I said, okay, okay. let's try, work it out and let's see how this will go. Okay. So there was a switch from your fixed mindset into the growth mindset. Yeah, I would believe so. And, and what I like about it that you actually identify the fixed mindset coming up and and telling you this is the way to go and that you actually change the course because i feel a lot of well we have a lot of stress a lot of things to do a lot of situations coming our way uh sometimes not the most exciting and i'm, I'm sure easiest way fixed mindset are uh, don't want to deal with it push it away 
or have different thoughts. So that's really, really nice from you to articulate it and be open about it and let other people learn from it. Yeah, definitely. You know, give some time to yourself to understand if you are doing something wrong or you can do it better, at least. Anything you can improve, it's just a step forward. So when you say a team manager um, cares for his or her team, that also means that you have to care, take care of yourself and learn and reiterate like this example of the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Is there a specific time slot you take for yourself per week, per month to actually reiterate on decisions or thought processes? I'm not so structured on my calendar. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a bit more, an, uh, you know, I just try to take it step by step sometimes. And when I have some free time to understand if I make something wrong, mm-hmm. I'm trying to resonate every decision I make. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really booking any time to do that. I don't think it will work. This uh, things needs peace of mind and to, to be calm, to, you know, go down on your, on your way of thinking and relax and start thinking on how you can improve it. So essentially, yeah, you, you can make goals. You can make, uh, you know, make your list of what you would like to achieve in the next, let's say, six months, right? And every day take like two minutes and think, how can I, can I, I do this today, which is a bit closer to my goal, right? To, mm-hmm. to achieve what I need. Yeah, what I like about that idea that it's really flexible because I understood booking time is like a like a switch. Okay, now I have to relax. Now I have to reiterate. And the mind most of the times doesn't work like that because other situations come and go and it messes up with your mind. And this this general idea and concept of, hey, having that at the back of your mind to take two minutes in to reiterate whenever time suits you, much more flexible and gives you more breathing room. How do you bring these concepts across that your team is adapting as well? In order to to share something, you have to to be close with the, the team members mm-hmm. you have, right? So sometimes it's uh, always a nice opportunity to to share and learn. So establishing this uh, this time slot, let's say, right? You you can uh, you can achieve mm-hmm. like a a thinking in the way of thinking. And I mean, in order to be a good leader, you have to be also a good listener, right? You have to to listen to the guy, learn from him. What well, what is more important to you as a as a manager? to listen and ask the right questions or having the right answers? It's better to listen rather than having the right answers because this question, it comes to my mind like a very fixed and it's like, I'm always right, which that's not the case when you are a leader, right? There is always the possibility that you may be wrong, which is acceptable, but you have to learn from that and try to not do it again. Cool. Thank you. With that statement, I would love to close our today's podcast and wander off what we covered all today. So you share what where your people management um, route started as a consultant, senior consultant, then you moved up the ladder and you're actually second interview because you learned from the first one. The big topic was empathy, which you you trained on and the basic 
biggest or, or fastest road to success was reading books and getting different perspectives from there. And with empathy in your backpack, moved up the ladder to become a people manager in the consultancy company with three other people managing a team of 36. And I never heard of that concept. So that was really enlightening. Then you stepped up um, or stepped to the side and became engineer again. And after a couple of months, stepped up again at a pharmaceutical company to become people manager there. And you discussed what different points of career you moved towards, what changed industry-wise, moving from a startup to, to a big corporate, that rather than agility becomes a little bit in the back and the processes come forward in, in corporates much more. And you talked about the change and to adapt on the circumstances, size of team, size of topics, interactions. And then we made a quick detour towards growth mindset and fixed mindset. And I really appreciate your example, even sharing what happened to you in the last seven days and how you interacted and, and challenged it. So we move away from problems and move into situations and challenges or moments Thank you. Embracing, embracing the moments of, of learning and then moving into taking time or rather having the, in the back of our head, the method of taking time and moving that across to the company uh, and, and to your team members when the time is right. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tasso. It was amazing to have you on our podcast. Thank you for listening to the New Tech Lead podcast. This interview was presented to you by Marvin and the New Tech Lead production team. Special thanks to our guest and interview partner. Follow us for more podcasts, check us out on LinkedIn or visit our website newtechlead.com. Happy learning and leading. Cheers.